Welcome to episode two of SIDcast. I'm your host, David Gibson, and today we have Chris Reckley of the GLIAC Great Lakes Intercollegiate Athletic Conference on with me. Chris, I'm so happy you're on. Like, believe it or not, when I was thinking about people to have on, I was like, who, who in the world can I get? And then I was talking to Tyler, and he said he knew you, and I was like, yeah, I, I got to get Chris on. So, um, Well, I know Tyler's going to be a tough act to follow, but I uh, appreciate you having me on. Yeah, no problem, no problem. So um, we'll get we'll just jump right into it, I guess. Uh, you're a finance major from Saginaw, Michigan. Yeah. I, first of all, I did you write your own bio? Because I read your bio. That's how I got most of this. Of course I did. Of course <laughs> I wrote my own bio. <laughs> right. Don't okay. Show. That's true. That's true. So uh, finance major, like I said, from Saginaw, Michigan. How did you get involved from sports information? Uh, it was a a long, tedious road of uh, basically I wanted to to work in insurance and be an underwriter. Uh, and it was, it was honestly a lot of rejections from, uh, you know, pretty, uh, lucrative positions and, and, uh, just one of those things I got sick of, um, maybe getting into something that maybe I didn't want to actually be in. And, uh, one day a light went off in my head to, to, Hey, let's, we got to switch something up here. So, um, I knew a friend who, was working in sports information at Saginaw Valley and I was out of state at the time and trying to move back home because wasn't really sure you know what to do and uh, ended up being an intern at Saginaw Valley um, in in media relations SID work um, for a couple years and and that's really how I got into it by you know a friend that I knew from college got me into it really was lost you know in the in a in the finance, trying to do the finance thing. Right. So kind of fell into it, been a lifelong sports fan. Awesome. So while you were at Saginaw Valley, you, uh, it, like it says on the bio that you wrote, uh, you were involved in their deep volleyball tournament run, but you had other primary contact responsibilities. What yeah. kind of, what was it like going from just a finance background, wanting to do finance and all of a sudden being thrusted into these responsibilities? Yeah, you know, it, it's a, if you've never done it before, SID world is kind of, it's kind of strange, kind of quirky. Um, you know, I worked at a bank before and, you know, didn't really like it. Uh, so just doing something related to sports was, to me, it was just cool. You know, it didn't matter how many hours I worked. Didn't, you know, matter that I didn't have much of a social life at the time and so but it was just so cool that I was working in sports and uh and so that was really the, the major um benefit to it you learn things uh along along the way um, I always thought I was a decent writer um but then you learn other things along the way typical SID stuff stack crew um things that anyone can really learn uh but it just takes time to learn those uh, you know, like one of the first things that I got thrown into was they said, hey, you're going to stat volleyball. And I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, well, you know, come to find out that that's the toughest one to do. And <laughs> my first match was an absolute nightmare, but uh, we've improved since then. So <laughs> Good, good, so, yeah. That's yeah. one heck of a – that's one way to go trial by fire is to throw you into a volleyball yeah. stat. So. Yeah, and we had the best team in the conference in our gym and – I mean, I had the worst worst uh, possible situation happen to me where right. af after the end of the first set, I have the, the opposing coach run up to where we're standing from, 
basically chew me out because everything's wrong. And I was like, <laughs> I have no idea what to do. So just on with the second set. So <laughs> that's kind of how that went. But, you know, it really, I don't know, all, all statting things is just kind of getting getting back on the bike and learning it again. So Yeah. So after you did your, your big internship with a, a Saginaw Valley, you found yourself in Big Ten country, Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah. How how did you? What did you have to do to get in Nebraska? I mean, well, just tell us that story. Spare no detail. Yeah. So, um, I went to a, I went to school one year actually out in Nebraska. Previously to this, that probably isn't in the bio. Uh, and yeah. I I went. So Nebraska has the professional golf management program, and I'm a big golf from. Like I told you, I'm going golfing right after this. So um, I, I did that for a year. And one of my part-time jobs was at the Lincoln Journal Star, the big paper there in town. And so I got some kind of writing experience in there. Uh, so I knew the people in Lincoln at the paper. And then also during my time at Saginaw Valley, they hired men's basketball coach Randy Baruth, who worked with Tim Miles, the, the head coach at Nebraska now, they work together at Colorado State, I believe, and they have some other uh, common common colleagues, uh, you know, between the two of them. So my connections in Nebraska, plus the men's basketball coach at Saginaw Valley, they he beat down every bush he could at Nebraska uh, to get me out there. And if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have stood a chance. Um, and then also, like, I got into the sid world a little later than most um so i think honestly like my my maturity coming in at a little older of an age i guess you'd say uh kind of made the the sids in nebraska feel a little more comfortable with me um because i know other people who applied for those internships too and they didn't even get a look at the d2 level so i got pretty lucky just by who i knew and and that experience out there was amazing it was, uh, you know, it was a long way from home, but, you know, I got a Big Ten title ring out of it, um, and, and that year that I was there, they opened a bunch of different facilities, and it was just amazing. Men's basketball team went to the tournament for the first time in quite a while, because really not known for basketball in Nebraska, right? but it was, it was a really awesome experience, really, really, really cool coming from a, you know, D2 world where... Uh, you cover a ton of sports to D1 where you're just with one, maybe two sports. Right. So with that, you're kind of with basketball, like you said, and you, you were co-media coordinator for the 2014 Women's Basketball Regional in Lincoln. I mean, yeah. what, what, what was that like? Yeah, that, that was cool. Um, myself and their Women's Basketball SID, who is one of the best ideas, SIDs in the country, he is he's so knowledgeable about his women's basketball team. It's unbelievable. Um, and so it, it was me and him, but he, he let me do most of the stuff. He said he wanted me to, you know, to learn kind of how to just coordinate a big event like that. Um, UConn was one of the teams there. And so they had a big media following with them. Um, it, you know, what's it like? It's so hard to describe, but, um, <laughs> It's just making sure you have your ducks in a row, you know, making sure every request is met. Um, there's a large credentialing system that you got to go through. Oh, yeah. Um, and you just just check the boxes. Uh, and then the biggest 
issue that we ran into was like the seating chart, you know, where we seated these people on media row. Uh, so, so that was really the biggest task. Uh, you know, luckily, like at the division one level, the resources, they have so many resources. And so big events like that really, they really don't, you know, they're really not difficult to pull off. You just make, you know, make sure you're, you're, uh, like I said, checking your boxes, making sure each person who's requesting a, a you know, media credential is, is uh, I guess, should be having those media credentials, exactly. make sure they're legit and all that. So it, it was, that was a really cool experience. Really felt like a, a feather in my cap when I came out of that. It was, I mean, that's a long week. You're there from early to very late at night. Right. Every day. So, just real quick, I, I, I gotta know, I've heard that game day in Lincoln is like a pilgrimage. Oh, my. Is it, what, what's it like around Lincoln on it, game day? It is absolutely insane. The, the, the campus sits kind of downtown. It, it, it is downtown. And so, you know, the year I was there, we had eight home games. And... It's just crazy. Like, I, I made sure I got to the... I can't stand sitting in traffic. So I made yeah. sure I got to the to the stadium, like, f- probably at least five hours before kickoff. Um, it's, it's just... It's hard to describe because the Huskers, they're not only uh, the only professional team in Nebraska, they're the only professional team for quite a ways, you right. know? in that region and so people come from everywhere to go to those games um it was funny i I realized the madness pretty early when i was working at the newspaper there i went to work one day on a saturday afternoon when there's a home game coming on and it usually took me 10 minutes to get to work i went down a wrong road and it took me a good hour to get to work so um yeah they are beyond passionate about their their fans there, um, and then you, you mentioned football. I got to be on the field for like five games, um, just in a role where they put students and interns, where you're making sure photographers are, you know, have their vest photographer vest on, right. and, and making sure area. that they're in a proper place. So, yeah, it was, it was really cool to be on the field of a major d1 football game um and and that stadium is loud because it's really built up and they they added a new addition the year that i was there and so yeah it was it was quite an experience like i said you know we're all sports fans um and being able to experience something like that coming from a small school that was uh that was pretty cool awesome so then after that you came back to the Saginaw Valley area. Is it Bay City? Is that where Gliak is headquartered? Yeah. 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 So right how, how did you get the how did you get the Gliak? Did it, it came open and you, you just jumped on it to come back home? Yeah, they were they were going through some uh, kind of staff shuffling. Um, I had an option to go back for like a second year at Nebraska. I was. You know, I don't know if I was homesick, but I was just missing home, missing friends a little bit. My year out in Nebraska, I just, I worked, you know, I worked every event I could. I didn't really know a whole lot of people out there. You know, maybe to my detriment, I, I should have socialized a little more while I, while I was there. But um, 
you know, I, I really wanted to get every experience I could out of it work-wise. Um, and then uh, Jeff Ligney, my current boss, he, I knew him from my time at Saginaw Valley, and, and he'd actually talked to me about a couple other positions before that. And then, and then the GLIAC ended up, uh, you know, looking to fill this position. So, so yeah, I I took it and moved back home, and uh, and really it, it's been it's been cool because they really gave me an open kind of blank slate. You know, he said, right. do with it what you want. You know, D two make it yours. That's their slogan <laughs> now, and and I really kind of kind of did so. Uh, that was that was a nice kind of freeing opportunity, and, and it also worked well because I knew a lot of a lot of the people in the league already from being an SID intern previously. So it worked out worked out pretty nicely. Cool. So what? Well, well, I mean, like you came back and you're you're not you're now the director of strategic communication for the entire conference, and like you said, in Nebraska, you just had a couple sports or just one or just a co- a handful of sports. I mean, what was yeah? What was that transition like? Well, uh, it was, at first it was pretty intimidating, I'm not going to lie, but transitioning back to the D2 world was also, you know, comforting as well, but then also the, uh, the working at a conference is so much different than working at a school. Like, you know, my, my major roles at the conference, to me, you know, outside of social media, they're not really SID related. You know, my big thing throughout the year is awards, is making sure we get um, the, that awards are conducted on a timely basis um, and making sure, because kind of in the past they weren't. And so making sure someone in this position was reliable at getting awards out on time and because it's, it's kind of a three-week process for this year. It actually started today. I sent out 33 emails to 33 different coaches you know, telling them to nominate. So it's kind of a big orchestrated, not mess, but right. sometimes it, it can feel like that. Yeah, uh, it, It's just having a lot of dates for awards. Um, you know, you're really in charge of every sport. Anything that's, you know, newsworthy or noteworthy has to go up on our website. Um, and then, you know, obviously the, the social media aspect of it is, is something we're, we're going to talk about, but yeah you know that's been the that's been the big thing of mine all right so real quick before we jump into that social media things like you said i'm gonna take a little bit of a social media spot for me because you know i gotta get people to listen to this yeah. so guys <laughs> if you like what you're hearing go ahead and follow us on twitter and like us on facebook using backslash sports infocast and subscribe rate review on itunes i figured it out i'm so happy uh we were on soundcloud there for a long time but uh finally got approved for itunes and i know a couple people have already told me that they've They've subscribed and and they're really enjoying it, um, and then you'll get all those or all those uh, interviews first if you subscribe there or follow on SoundCloud. You know, I like to see both. You can also email us at any time at sportsinfocast at gmail.com to give us feedback, provide some great ideas. Just tell me you love me or you hate me. I don't care. We love to hear from you. Now back to the interview. You know what I'm missing in this podcast? I just thought of it. Music. I need intro music. <laughs> that's what I need that, I was like I can't keep jumping in like this so alright we're gonna go back uh, how about this are you go blue Sparty what are you go blue go blue go 
clue. Awesome. Uh, yeah. It, yeah, it's funny because we had somebody, we are talking to somebody earlier today and they're like, you know, I'm not really a fan of either. I kind of root for both. I was like, blasphemy. That's uh, not true. You can't be doing that. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Go blue all day. And luckily my, my girlfriend's a Michigan alum, so oh, good. it works. It works well. That works out perfectly. Yeah. So, all right, I'll give you a break from SID there for a minute. I'm going to turn the combo back. How did you get to be the social media guru that you are? I mean, you expand. Let me let me expand on that. Uh, on your bio, it's I think you took it from like what you gained two thousand followers in a matter of two years. Um, at the Gliac, at the Gliac, we started with just under three thousand, and we're just we're coming up on ten thousand right now. Oh, um, well, don't let me sell you short. So, you know, I. I used to think I was a, a guru, but I think I feel like times have uh, caught up to me. But but I just I, it was one of those things when I was at Saginaw Valley, we weren't doing it, we weren't using social media, and that's honestly when I was at Saginaw Valley, I didn't have a Twitter account, and I, I remember thinking to myself, Twitter is like dumb, you know, like yeah. it, I just didn't think it was it was something that was going to blow up as much as it has. And then I started realizing that, you know, it could be a useful tool. And then I used, started, you know, use, utilizing it um, as much as I could at Saginaw Valley uh, without graphics. That was kind of the pre-graphic Twitter days. And then when I got to Nebraska, I started doing some graphics on my own, kind of before they had their own graphics people. Yeah. Um, and then when I, when I got to the GLIAC, I started making my own graphics. They were ugly, but I didn't know. Like at yeah. the time, I really didn't know what a good look to something was. And now I feel like I have a better understanding of, of those type of things. Um, I think they look so really I, good. Yeah, thanks. I, I just try to I just tried to be creative and do things differently. I've kind of always said that I do. I tell people that I do things differently than most. Try to. Um, put more time and effort into things like social media instead of writing something on the website that nobody's going to look at. Right. Um, and, and I have stressed that to a lot of our league SIDs in, in the conference. And, you know, it's interesting because you have some, some SIDs who have been there a while and they're kind of, you know, stuck in, in their ways and they don't want to do a whole lot on social media. And so it takes some effort to try to convince them that, you know, that's the things that are that are important to student athletes, especially. Um, one of the other kind of mantras that I've, or mottos or mantras that I've lived by uh, in athletics is when I worked at um, Nebraska, the women's soccer coach there, John Walker. He he kind of instilled in me that. You do everything for the benefit of the student athletes. He didn't really, he would not do an interview that, um, you know, if someone wanted to just talk about the upcoming matchup with Minnesota, he wouldn't do that interview. If you wanted right. to ask him about their freshman sensation at the time, J.C. Johnson, he would do that interview. He wanted the spotlight to be solely about them. And so I really took that to heart. And, you know, really since then, I've always thought, okay, what can I do more of and better with 
to enhance the student athlete experience? And the easy answer to that is, you know, do whatever you can on social media because we're talking about student athletes as college kids who they live on social media. You know, I feel like an old man now because I don't, you know, I'm not on, I, I don't use like Instagram as my yeah. primary source of social media. So, as so many, you know, college and younger um, people do. Uh, so, to me, it's just about, you know, being creative. Um, spending less time doing stuff that's not going to matter, uh, especially like like at Division Two. You know, we have we don't have. I, I guess I should say it like this: we have a lot of schools who are in small, medium markets, and so right. there's not a whole lot of traditional media left. So you might as well spend your time being creative on social media, and it, it really doesn't even need to involve graphics. I don't think. Like you know, if you're if you're a one man SID shop and you don't want to do graphics, as long as you're making Twitter a place that can be relied upon for score updates and facts, stuff like that. But um, you know, I've kind of found my little niche here and um, in doing the graphic thing, and I found out you know this is my third year at the GLIAC. I try to make things a little simpler, to try to make my graphics simple and efficient. Um, early on, I was spending a lot of time cutting out uh, players right, yeah. putting different backgrounds on them. And now I just find a template that I can slide them in because, you know, I've, I've kind of went the long route and spent a lot of time and a lot of late nights you know, prior to, like, all conference releases trying to make something look fancy. And now I feel like I can make it look better, uh, you know, in less time. So right. it, 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 it's been an interesting thing. And, and when I started working in the conference as well, like, there weren't a whole lot of other conferences doing the graphic type thing. And when I came along and started doing them, everyone was everyone noticed mm. and we have monthly conference calls with all the conference SIDs and they would kind of you know jab at me a little bit <laughs> saying how I'm trying to all show them up but uh, <laughs> you know they've all they've all stepped up their games big time since then so I, I feel like I set a trend a little bit in D2 at the conference level so would that be kind of one strategy you would recommend to people is create those graphics or make it solely kind of around the student athlete per se? Yeah, focus on your student athletes. Um, simple graphics. Big thing with graphics is making sure you know your message is consistent and your brand is consistent. They have similar looks. Um, and then another key part to graphics for me is having clean fonts. You know, yeah. you don't want. I, that always bothers me when I see people using fonts that just aren't aren't clean and and yeah. kind of look messy. Or overuse the so, paint splatter. Yeah, yeah. I can't like I can't read a thing when you do that. Seen so. that a lot lately. Yeah, it's cool, but you got to do it to like right like a minimum. So all right, yeah. so with that, you you got to be the uh, social media coordinator for the twenty sixteen D two 
men's basketball championship in Frisco. I mean, what what yeah. what were those responsibilities like moving away from strategies, real quick? Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. That was a really neat experience. You know, I I did it previously before that. Um, Grand Valley, you know, in Michigan, they they hosted the 15 women's golf championships, and and that's right when D2 was trying to. Um, start to hire people a little bit to do social media for their championships um, and so they don't really they give you a couple templates mm-hmm. or a couple, not templates but well some templates but then some other logos you know you have access to but they don't really you know give you much direction so it's very open to you and so that was great for me Right. Um, and when I found out, so I, I got a really good reaction from working the women's golf tournament. Um, and so that they, when the time came along for them to hire somebody to do men's basketball, we, uh, we knew the guy at the time at the NCAA um, who was hiring those types of things. And, and he came and asked me, and I immediately said yes. Yeah. Um, and, and it was just, yeah, I, I prepared graphics well in advance. Um, I, I did a couple, like, in-game score, score updates, and then I, I, had a, I had a final, you know, like, advance or something like that graphic that, you know, when, when I knew the game was, when the game was coming down to the last couple of minutes, I, I had that thing loaded up on my phone, and uh, and once that buzzer hit zero, like I, I couldn't fire it off fast enough. And uh, <laughs> after won it, some some team from South Dakota, August Augustana. Yeah, Augustana. They won it last year, and I remember like it, it was so cool. I was I was standing right off off uh, behind one of the baskets, and I you know tweet that thing out, and it blew up so fast, got seven hundred retweets, and thousand or so likes and uh and and it was awesome like i got to be on the court and all the confetti's coming down and Uh got some really cool um footage that way uh yeah that was a really cool experience got to meet meet a lot of really cool people um you know like i said i got to make it kind of my own thing I, i went i'd go to practices um on off days you know, I had a little graphic created for those, and I would just, you know, throw up some some photos from from the practice sessions, and uh, you know, give give people that little bit of access that they otherwise one bit would would not have been able to to have. So it was cool. Right. Awesome. Another so, another experience that I real felt really good about, you know, coming out of. All right. Um, have you ever implemented a social media calendar? Whoops, lost you there. There it is. Yep, that was that was close. So, um, have you ever really implemented a social media calendar? Was kind of my question. I have not, and I've heard of of such things, um, but I, for me, they just haven't worked that way I guess Mm -hmm. Um, you know it's a lot different being at a being at a conference you know like I do schedule out tweets Mm -hmm. um, on using tweet deck 
which I, I suggest to so many people because then it, you just don't need to be on your phone or at your computer at all times. It, it's such a convenient tool. Right. But, uh, yeah, no, like, strong social media calendars. Um, I guess I guess maybe I have a little bit too much on my plate at the conference to be doing that. Um, yeah, because, like I said, I, I have, like, uh, sport oversight um, right. at the conference level, too. So um, no social media calendars for me. Right. Awesome. So... Uh, yeah, that was just one thing I had to ask. Cause I believe yeah. it or not, I have to make a, I have to make one for an assignment okay. tomorrow. That's why I was just wondering. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to cheat a little bit. <laughs> I've heard a lot. I've heard a lot about people doing it, but I guess for me, maybe I'm in just a really good routine where I do things all the time and never, you know, forget when I have to do them. Right. I don't know. Right. So uh, here's one thing I'm really interested to hear your answer about. Where do you see the direction of social media trending in the next couple of years? Oh, man, that that's a great question because you see what everyone's doing with with gifs right now, and and they make gifs into like these crazy videos where there's all this movement. Um, the guy down at Miami, he does an amazing job, and he works from home in Colorado. He's he's not even uh, in their office down there. <laughs> you know, I that, that that's a tough question to answer because I feel like. It's, it's become very steroided out right now with, with GIFs. Yeah. And I feel like there's just there's going to be something else that we're not even thinking of or we're not even aware of right, not yet. That, that is going to appear. You know, I, I hope Twitter is still the, the main kind of outlet five years from now. But um, who knows? I, I thought about that about a month ago. Just... Will Twitter be as relevant today as it, or five years from now as it is today? Yeah. I'm not sure. There's a there's a good chunk of people that kind of that believe that Twitter is actually a legitimate news outlet. Do you do you think that's correct? Absolutely. I, I feel like I use that as my, you know, reliable, uh, up, you know, real time um, outlet. Uh, you know, on our football Saturdays we. Either myself or, or my intern, we try to split it up. Um, we we shoot out football final score graphics at the end of each game, and they used to be very in depth and stat heavy. And this year, we went to just a, a final score graphic because we uh, we realized how much time we're putting into not only that but other stuff throughout the year. And so we just kind of wanted to take a, a smarter approach to it uh, this season. But yeah. Um, real-time news feed absolutely that's what I use it as I, I got right. a couple a couple you know a multi-screen setup at work and and I, I look at it all day every day um, and I feel like I don't miss a whole lot that's going on in the world especially in, in this crazy election time so <laughs> yeah exactly I'm gonna take another little bit of a social media break uh, just because this this is going great. I, just, I, I really want people to listen to it. So uh, if you guys like what you're hearing, go ahead and follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook using backslash sports infocast. And you can subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes finally. And, uh, yeah, you get all those interviews first, as you know. You can also email me at any time at sportsinfocast at gmail.com to give us feedback, provide some great ideas, tell me you love me or you hate me, 
I just like to hear from everybody. Uh, now back to the interview. Did you did you get a chance to listen to me and Tyler's interview? Tyler and I's interview. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the only reason I I, I knew about this. Um, exactly. Yeah, I Facebook friends with him, and he posted it on there. And Tyler's a uh, Tyler's such a such a good kid. And, um, miss not having him in the league anymore, but um, but yeah, he's he's off to bigger and better things. And sounds like he's doing pretty well over there at Hancock. Is it Hanover? Hanover, Hanover. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's down in uh, southeast Indiana. It's actually five minutes away from my house. So okay. I was on my fall break, and I just swung by his office, and we just recorded oh, okay. the first episode there. So it was really, yeah, really convenient. Good, really good kid. Really good kid. Yeah, yeah. He's he's come a long way. He's going places. Yeah, yeah. So kind of turning the conversation as we wind this down, like I said, you're going golfing soon. I don't want to take up too much more of your time. <laughs> so just real quick. When you look at all of your league SIDs and you, and you look at somebody and say, that is a great SID or athletic communication manager or, or whatever, what characteristics or what qualities do they have? Reliability is the first one. Reliability, creativity, I guess you'd say, but, you know, Obviously, I'm big on creativity. Um, You know, I don't want to... I'm not calling out our entire league here. Right, yeah. I'm not not trying to uh, do that. No, no, no. No. uh, When I started at the conference office, I wanted to make sure that whenever anyone had an issue with anything or needed anything... They email me, and I will try as quickly as I can to respond to them. Right. Just commun- just communication, reliability and communication with whoever you need to be, you know, con- conversing with. Um, and, I mean, I've been in my third year now, and I, you know, I haven't let an email go more than an hour or two. You know, I'm pretty... I feel like I'm pretty on top of it. And anytime one of my SIDs needs something from me, you know, they can, they can, they can get it. So just, just being reliable and yeah. um, accurate. I, I feel like I don't ask a, a ton from our league SIDs because I know they're so busy on their campuses um, because most of them are just one man shops. Uh, they might have an intern or something like that. But uh, so I try to, I try to keep it, as light as I can um, you know I, I don't want them to feel burdened by uh, you know having GLIAC tasks to do all the time um, and I'm I don't really know how it is at a whole lot of other conferences but I feel like we do a really good job of, of taking as much off their plate while still creating a you know pretty reliable product and, and what we've been doing you know is pretty is pretty reliable and, and people seem to like it. Um, got a lot of good feedback. Um, you know, the difficult thing right now is just what do you do next? You know, and uh, we got cross country championships coming up this weekend, first championship of the year. And I just tried to make my graphics that they're already pre made and I just tried to make them as simple as possible. Uh, but they also look cool and they have a good look, you know, a good sharp look to them. Uh, so, 
So yeah, so I know it was super long with no, answer on many tangents, but <laughs> but just just uh, you know that, that's always been my big thing at in the SID world is just just be be reliable. Um, when I was at Nebraska, I sent out a lot of requests to different SIDs that never got answered to, mm-hmm. um, and I I just feel like you should. The yeah. minimum courtesy you can do is respond to right. an email. Yeah, that's completely fair, and yeah, that that should be something that, yeah. that everybody really should. And, um, and our league is really good about that. Good, good. They all know that if they're listening. <laughs> <laughs> so, what would be one piece of advice you you give to a student looking to get into this profession? Um, advice. I would say just just have fun with it. Yeah. People, you know, we got a, we got a lot of SIDs who they work long hours and and everything like that, and they kind of get dragged down. That's that's well known. Um, but if if we all just kind of sit back and look at the big picture of life, and if we get, I do this a lot. Um, you know, I, I I have a little bit of anxiety in my life, and so I, if I look at the big picture of things, you know, you realize how small some of our issues might be. So if you come into the SID world of just, hey, let's have fun. We, we hired an intern at the GLIAC who's a great guy, and, you know, he has other skill sets too, but one of the things we love about him so much is he's got a great attitude. And in the conference office, this is also a well-known fact, like if a lot of the calls we get are, you know, complaints, if everything's running smoothly, nobody's calling, right? Right. So, <laughs> so if you just, you know, come into the, to the SID world with the, the attitude of, hey, I'm working in sports, this is fun, this is something I want to do, um, Another thing when I was an intern is I worked my butt off. Yeah. Like I I wanted to do anything and everything. Um and I kinda felt like I learned a lot on my own too. Figure just kinda figure it out. You know, you know, I I hope that we have really good mentors out there that can do a little teaching, but uh um, I didn't necessarily have that situation, but um, I, I just wanted to uh, prove myself and work, you know, work as many hours, like not as many hours as I could, but work as much as I could. You know, I did the Nebraska thing, worked as many hours as I could um, just to kind of get the experience and then, and then learn that way. Uh, so have fun, but also just... Just just work your butt off and and show people that you know you have drive to to be better um, to improve yourself uh, and, and then from me you're also going to get the, the creativity piece be, be creative don't don't just do things the way they've been done for years um, because you're just you're not going to get noticed if that's right. what you're trying to do to get noticed you're not going to get noticed. So how about a suggested work-life balance? How do you keep yourself sane of all this? 
That's a great question. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, you know, I, I think I've said it a couple times now, is that I, I try to make my graphics simpler and more efficient um, because that's a, a big part of our deal on the social media and or the SID end of, of working at the conference excuse me, is, is the social media. And we just try to make things simpler, realize what things, you know, these first two years that we've been doing, what maybe things we don't need to do, cut those out. Um, I spent a lot of time, my first year especially, I would, I would literally sit at the computer, you know, all weekend, wait for scores to go final and tweet out the scores and then tweet out a scoreboard, mm-hmm. a graphic scoreboard. I definitely have cut back big time on um, the individual game tweets because it's it's just pointless. Um, I, I, I rely on a scoreboard. I do a graphic scoreboard for every sport. Um, in conference games only. That's been another way to kind of cut out some extra time. Uh, so yeah, I've just kind of realized what what's worked and what hasn't, um, and what's which I guess what's more relevant than than other things. Um, championships for us at the conference level is a really busy time. Spring especially, we had like last year we had like six championships and in four weeks or something like that uh and so it was a lot of time on the road and that's when you really have to to realize what's what's important what's not um so yeah just figure out a way to do things um more efficiently work smarter and not harder right exactly saying that so um how about I got a last couple of questions, and I'll, I'll, I'll let you go, I promise. How about one thing you'd like to see accomplished? Real quick, how about one thing you'd like to see accomplished with this podcast? What would you like to hear? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it could you be asked, anything. You asked, to, you, asked to, you asked this to Tyler, too. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just, uh, just, just SID conversation. Um, Hopefully, as, as a learning tool, um, hopefully something that I've said today, you know, somebody can relate and say, hey, you know, why am I spending so much time doing these crazy extensive game notes for women's soccer? I don't know if people are, but I know there are some people who do that stuff. Um, maybe that's not so important. Or, or writing these long, crazy game recaps. Um, you know, maybe those are just two suggestions from me but um you know hopefully some something i said can can you know, some somebody can learn from something that i said here right. and I, I really think that's the best the best tool that this could be used for is uh educational good so last question will be a fun one uh if anybody finds themselves in the saginaw valley bay city area what is your restaurant recommendation i love food i gotta know when I go oh, see a uh, Michigan game, what where am I gonna eat? Well, we're not anywhere near Nam- near Ann Arbor. Um, I'm gonna so swing to, by. You know I'm gonna swing by. 
so Bay City, Saginaw, not so much. I live in Saginaw. Bay City is like 15, 20 minutes away. Bay City's got a cool little downtown area. Um, Tavern 101, uh, big tap selection. So if you like beer, that's a cool place to go. They also have really good flatbreads. Um, and then also Real Seafood Company is a newer restaurant out there. If you like seafood, excellent place. And then Old City Hall is this kind of older, more more fine dining, but it's uh-huh. not like, it's not, you know, it's not stuffy fine dining. It's it's really nice, really good food. So that's a couple, couple of recommendations. Most of the stuff in Saginaw is pretty chain. Uh-huh. Uh, place called jake's downtown that i've been to once this is pretty good but um yeah that's that's, that's what it. i got cool chris reckley he's a michigan Stay man he's he's gotta go golfing where are you <laughs> golfing at uh this course that it's nothing special at all but uh i know the people who own it and yeah it's it's cheap and uh and uh yeah it's a yeah, it, this is like the last nice day in Michigan, so I got to get out there and play. Exactly. Awesome. So uh, this wasn't too bad, was it? No, not at all. It was cool. a great experience. Awesome. <laughs> all right, guys. We're, well, I got to let him go. He's got to go. I don't want to take him away from beautiful day. Like I was telling him, what's a good day for him? I'm in a thunderstorm. I'm all the way through tomorrow. So if you guys like what you're hearing, go ahead and like us on Twitter and Facebook. You can also... Subscribe to us, rate, review on iTunes. Uh, that, that'll be actually SIDcast. Like I was telling Tyler, somebody stole my, my, my handle on Twitter and Facebook. There was, there'd be some random guy named like Sid Castellanos who would like take S-I-D-C-A-S-T. And that's, that's, yeah. So uh, great episode two. I hope you guys really enjoyed this. If you do, please, please let me know and let me know what else you guys would like to hear, who you'd like to have on. Uh, Thank you all for listening and I hope you all have a great day.